This is Dojo Live, Tech Without Borders, stories that bring us together. Hello and welcome to Dojo Live this Tuesday, May 16th, 2023. I'm Kim Lantis and joining me as co-host is America Guerrero. Hey, America. Hello. Sorry for the dogs barking out there. It's crazy. It's all right. It's all right. Part of of a live show. And of course, the guest of honor today is Bill Santana Lee, who is the chairman and CEO of Nightscope. Bill, thank you so much for joining us today on the show. Uh, greetings from Silicon Valley. Uh, thanks for having us. Yes, yes. And I deeply ashamed myself um, confusing you know, Star Wars with Star Trek. I do apologize. We love your backdrop and it will never happen again. I'm going to have to start watching Mandalorian You're and everything right now. You're going to have to apologize throughout the show. <laughs> yeah. Maybe yeah. by the end of the show, you might have made up for it. But that, that is we, absolutely We want right. views, Kim. We want views. Yeah, not enemies. <laughs> talking about enemies, you know, today's topic of conversation is actually not the enemy, but the friends, rise of the friendly robots. And before we get into the topic of conversation too deeply, though, however, we'd love to get to know your story, Bill. What's your passion and what's sort of led up to Nightscope? First of all, there's no such thing as a friendly robot. They're all coming <laughs> everybody, take everyone's job. Did you not get the memo? Like, I don't know what you're talking about. Of course, um, of all, course. all kidding aside. So uh, by way of background, I, I spent a good amount of time in, in Detroit uh, working and building on uh, vehicles and, and automobiles around the world. Um, passions around autonomy, uh, self-driving uh, technology. And um, I think we just have a decidedly different approach to how to commercialize the technology. And we can get into that if you like. Um, and then uh, like I was born in New York City, you know, someone hit my town on 9-11. Um, you know, two decades later, still profoundly pissed off about it. So I decided to dedicate the rest of my life to better securing our country. And it was a, a bit surreal uh, last month that... Uh, the mayor of New York City and uh, the entire NYPD brass um, arranged for a uh, police escort of our uh, robot roadshow pod into into Manhattan and did a huge press conference. And we uh, landed our first contract with uh, with my uh, my hometown, which 10 years in the making. But it was surreal. I love it. surreal. I love it. That's that's fantastic. And, you know, it was one of my questions about exactly what um, fostered or this need for you to this passion about public safety, public security. And that makes perfect, perfect sense. Um, so let's talk about how Nightscope is contributing to that. You already said the word robot. What is it that you're, you're doing? Yeah. So um, well, let's talk about the problem and the solution, I guess. The um, the problem is crime has a $2 trillion negative economic impact on the U S every single year. Um, That's a tea. crime with T that's mm-hmm. crime and terrorism is a, it's a hidden tax. We all pay in blood, tears, and treasure. Um, it, just to put a more, a, a little bit more of a point on it, a finer point, you know, a violent crime occurs every 26 seconds in our country and a property crime every four seconds. I don't, you know, I believe every citizen has the right to live in a safe 
community in a safe country. Um, and I think for your audience's benefit, like people don't realize that the, the country, the government, as much as I love our country is not set up to fix the problem. Um, so if you look over on the military side of things, it, it's expensive, it's slow, but it works rather well. There's one person in charge, the secretary of defense. Uh, there's two plus million troops, uh, an $800 billion budget every year. And we give the soldiers, every which is almost a T. <laughs> yeah. And we give the soldiers almost every capability you could ever imagine. Um, and there's a not Lockheed Martin, a Northrop Grumman, a Raytheon, a Boeing to build whatever uh, a human may need in a, in a theater of war outside of our borders. What the, the fundamental crux of the problem is that the Department of Justice and the Department of Homeland Security have no federal jurisdiction over the 19,000 law enforcement agencies in our country and 8,000 private security firms. There's literally- Which actually sounds like a, quite a, not a big number. I mean, it is a big number, but when you think of the scope of the size of our nation, the quantity of- There's no one have. in charge, Kim. That's the problem. Like the Secretary of Defense is in charge as one person, right? Someone shoots up a school, shoots up a synagogue or a mall or what have you, like who gets fired? Nobody. There's, there's nobody accountable. And the problem is that there's no, there's no innovation process. There's no risk capital. There's no one sitting around like at DARPA or the DOD thinking about like, what's the new weapon system we can build? What is the new most efficient way to handle logistics and all that? We don't have that. So it's almost the opposite. Yeah, literally you have a million and a half officers and a million security guards running around with the equivalent of a number two pencil and a notepad. And then we're wondering why it doesn't work. And, and, and then there's the math problem, Kim. It's like, okay, so there's two and a half million people, but they're running 24 seven. Like you can't triple shift a human. So you got to divide by four. So there's only 600 odd thousand humans trying to secure 332 million Americans across 50 States. And then we wonder why it's not working. It's like, I'm sorry, it's not popular to say, but we don't have enough officers and guards or tools for the population that we have. That's like one to like. 650 ratio or something like that it 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 doesn't work right um and we've got all the proof to 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 showcase it so what's the solution in my mind we need to go put a million security robots and public safety robots out there to help the million officers and the million and a half officers and the million guards but you need to get those robots to be able to see feel hear smell and speak right do a hundred times more than a human can do. And those robots actually can be triple shifted. They can run 24 seven. So if you have a million of them running 24 seven and you have 600,000 humans that have now gotten promoted and have superhuman capabilities at their fingertips uh, to do their jobs more effectively, all of a sudden they can have eyes, ears, and voice on the ground in multiple locations at the same time. The likelihood wow. that we can put a huge dent in the problem rises significantly. It, it certainly does. And I think this there's a couple of things here that are happening in the, the word of the friendly robot, right? I think it's very common nowadays when we think of AI or robotics or automation that it feels like something's getting taken from us, right? What about my job? What about the security guards? You know, what's going to happen to those 600,000? And what you said here is, they're not being replaced. They're being amplified. They're not enough. They're, yeah. they're just not enough in the first place. And if, if you don't believe me that the robots can actually do some, some you know, positive impact on society, we're just getting started. But if you go to nightscope.com slash crime, 
There's a nice long list of all the positive things these machines uh, have already done uh, to, to help society uh, become a, a safer place. Something yeah. that I remember from our last show is that you said that all, also the turnover with uh, security guards, it's higher, right? That is also another factor. So yeah, in the security industry, it's, it's really tough industry. That Those million folks that I spoke of, there's 100% to 400% employee turnover rates. So you hire a guard, there's a reasonable chance that in 90 days, he or she is gone. Why? No tool to do the job, not paid appropriately for what they think they, they should High earn. personal risk. Um, the level of personal risk. And oh, by the way, I believe it's in 17 states. It's illegal for a guard to put their hands on you. So their job is contractually and from a regulatory standpoint in a lot of cases are to observe and report only. They are not to, you know, put their hands on you or intercede or anything like that. So there's all kinds of liability issues, et cetera. And, you know, what if we can promote that guard? What if she had, you know, seven robots reporting uh, to her with an app and, oh, wow, now I can actually do my job. Uh, then the likelihood that person stays in that job is a lot higher. But, you know, one of the reasons we're doing really well, for example, in casinos and healthcare and the like is there's not enough people applying for the jobs. So they can't fill the position. Um, it's kind of like you, it's not discretionary. Um, so, you know, it becomes a very interesting intersection of, okay, the old way is not working. Here's a new way. It's been proven to work. It, probably time to try it. For sure. Let's talk about this change. I mean, the topic of conversation today is the rise of the friendly robots, how security robots are changing the landscape of public safety. So here, I mean, right now, I'm not an expert in this, but like we're all familiar with cameras and security rooms and recordings and guarding patrol. What's changing then? You mentioned these robots having the capability of several senses, right? Sights, um, being able to see, hear, feel. Smell. Uh, smell and speak, speak, pretty much all of it, right? Yeah. Um, so how is this shifting? What, what changes? How is this any different than somebody having a security camera and watching that in a room? So if all the security cameras are so effective and there's 70 million in the US, then why do we have all these problems? Ah, because people it's not suck. Effective. <laughs> maybe they don't necessarily work if one of they're not on. I mean, this is annoying, but a lot of cases they're not on. You ever seen that really grainy video of something getting stolen? Like, hey, you know what happened? I don't know. I think somebody came in and it, I got a really perfect good shot of the top of their head. Like, that's not really helpful. Um, but if you can get live streaming recorded video at eye level um, and then be able to do uh, facial recognition, um, you can do, um, you know, read several hundred license plates a minute. You can speak through the machine. And I think the less obvious one for folks that are not in law enforcement or security is just the physical presence can stop a lot of nonsense from happening. Like, why do you put a yard sign uh, outside that says out of your home that says this is secured by or why does why are there blue light poles uh, on campuses? Heck, why I've heard you... of people hanging up beware of dog signs and they don't even own a dog. Exactly right. Or why do you put a law enforcement vehicle um, at an intersection and there's no officer in it? 
just or a cardboard put, one. They literally right. use cardboard ones. If I put a if I put a marked law enforcement vehicle in front of your home or your office, criminal behavior will change. You pull up into a parking lot at three in the morning, and there's a five foot tall, four hundred pound machine roaming around on its own. There's nobody remote controlling it. You know the strobe lights going. It says police or security on the side. It may say something to you. There's a sound, a patrol sound that goes with it. You have no idea what it does. Like you're going to think twice about stealing that car. Um, one of our clients just renewed their contract for the seventh year. Um, and, you know, what they were experiencing when they contacted us nearly a decade ago was uh, we're a hospital. We have, you know, assault, stolen vehicle, theft at least twice a week here. Um, now the security guard doesn't want to even patrol. Uh, you know, can you help? Can you give this a shot and see if, you know, it, it can be a, a good, you know, deterrent. And obviously uh, we've, we've proven that that's helped a, a great deal. And, you know, we've had clients where, you know, 10 stolen cars a month and now zero stolen cars a month. What's changed? Well, we put yeah. the security robot there. Um, so, you know, it's a lot has changed, Kim, from cameras that may or may not be able to give you historical information to having a physical deterrence that can give you live information, can can detect, can run a thermal scan, can read the license plate, um, can detect a person. Uh, and, you know, that's just the beginning. And over time, what I'm getting at is we need these machines to be able to do 100 times more than that. In terms of criminal behavior, how has been changing? I mean, with the pandemic, there was no people out there in the streets. And now that we're going back to normal, how, how is changing? Um, I think, you know, in general, we have a lot of verticals where we operate. Um, it could be commercial real estate. It could be hospitals. You know, I think one one comes to mind is is retail. Um, in a lot of cases, you see that um, it used to be if you're a retailer and you had a high priced item for about a thousand dollars, five hundred dollars, those would get locked up, and you'd have to call the salesperson to like, can you unlock this to get the the device that I I want? And what's happened now is because a shortage of law enforcement and, and security and budgets and the like, uh, a lot of the criminals have been starting to organize. And instead of going after the high priced items, they're going after the unsecured low priced items at volume, like going and taking a, a bunch of $50 items instead of trying to take one $500 item. And, you know, I think the shrink levels or, theft either the employee took it or the patron took it or the vendor took it um you know it used to be sing low single digits maybe i don't know one two percent of revenue i have spoken to some prospective clients or, or existing clients where you know it's four percent five percent six percent eight percent of revenue not a profit uh, like literally everything going out the door and and you've seen in a lot of cities uh, where things have gotten pretty rough, retailers literally just closing their doors and like, I, I can't, we can't operate here. Um, I don't believe that's a that's the society we all want to live in. Mm -mm, it's not.
You know, one of the things that came up, Nightscope was first on Dojo Live almost three years ago. And I remember we touched on a two-part strategy. You have a two-part strategy, one of which you've already touched on, and that's the physical presence being a deterrent. The second piece of the puzzle, and I don't know if this has changed since, is this idea that data is power. Um, it doesn't take, you know, you'd be living on, under a rock if you haven't been able to see how much just artificial intelligence, machine learning, and everything has shifted even in these past, you know, two, three years. So what's this data is power component? What's changed for you? What are you able to accomplish with the data you've, you have and are obtaining? Uh, well, not all data is the same. Um, so our machines generate over 90 terabytes of data a year. Um, some of it's useful for, for security purposes, right? Um, so we had a domestic dispute end up in the in the workplace, and we were able to help uh, a domestic violence case um, by you know having certain data that that others wouldn't have. Um, but I, one thing I find fascinating is this whole you know AI is uh, you know gaining a lot of traction. There's a lot of exciting things in there. And I've had people turn to us and like, so what's Nightscope going to do about AI? And I'm like, excuse me? <laughs> like, how do you think we operate across the country 24-7 for over 2 million hours with no one remote controlling the machines? Like, these autonomous like, If you're looking for the definition own. of AI, like, this is like literally, <laughs> literally in the real world operating. These machines decide when to go charge themselves on their own. These machines, you know, how can you read a license plate at four o'clock in the morning when it's raining and foggy and dark out and you've got a weird angle? Like that's literally the practice of machine learning. Um, so we've been actually utilizing this and that's how we operate. And uh, we're, we're excited that, you know, other folks are, you know, getting on the on the bandwagon. But <laughs> that's kind of how we operate. That's fantastic. So like with this data... You have the the public safety component, which I think your primary focus is prevention. But there's also this piece that your data is able to bring you to, and that's a justice component in terms of if a crime does take place, you have data and information that can help catch yep. the perpetrators. Yep. And, and also sometimes disintermediate the escalation of an issue. You know, some some you know, we have one law enforcement agency that's a client of ours who's you know patrolling a, a very large park in their city. They don't have a spare eight officers to be patrolling that 24-7. Um, and sometimes uh officers always, you know, have a good intent, but sometimes showing up a uniformed officer armed can escalate a situation. And if you can de-escalate things by having an intermediary in there uh can help and uh i think we've 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 seen that but yeah having you know a significant amount of evidence i remember one district attorney was basically he's like i we've never seen this level of data to prosecute a criminal and i think we got him for three felonies or something like that um so you know it's the 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 evidence has been you know admissible in court um, and people are starting to realize like, okay, there's some new tools here for us to be able to, to, to operate much more efficiently. 
Fantastic. What about the speaking component? Is that a relatively new addition to Nightscope? What does that look like in terms of interaction? Who's speaking? Is it the robot itself or someone via the robot? Uh, so there's a few phases here. Um, I think the first phase is just pre-recorded broadcasts like uh, welcome to such and such location or the mall is closing in 30 minutes or it's 2.22 in the morning, you're trespassing, I'm calling the authorities. That's kind of the pre-recorded broadcast and we can tailor that for whatever the client might need. Uh, the second one is uh, there's a distress button on the machine that you can press and you can have a two-way human-to-human call with uh, whoever's sitting in the security operations center or 911 dispatch. There's a third component, which is uh, text to speech. So the, uh, the guard or officer can type whatever they want um, and have the machine announce it. Um, and then what we're waiting for, and I, I think we probably need something better than 5G, uh, maybe it's, it's 6G cellular or private LTE combined with the GPT-5, 6, or 7 and then have the machine be able to hold a, uh, a proper dialogue uh, with someone. The, 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 the problem right now is the lag time is a little odd. Like it, it makes for a very, it's technically doable, but the conversation is a little weird. Like every, you have to pause for one, two, three seconds waiting for the response. Like that's mm. not how a human's gonna accept that. But right. um, you know, over time, uh, that capability is certainly there. So, so it's like speaking through a translator, basically, right? Yeah. Kind of interpret. A little bit. Yeah, a little yeah. bit. So, you know, you have to you get the audio signal transferred into text. The text needs to go up to the cloud, get processed, come back down, and then, you know, spit back out. It, it, takes, it takes too long. So I can imagine that with this mailing part, it's going to be possible in the future. How do you say this in English? Fuga de gas, Kim. I do not know. <laughs> you don't know? Uh, like, you are walking in the street, and uh -huh. then you see the robot, but you also identify that there is this gas. Uh, oh, a like a fume? You know, yeah. Smelling for exactly. pathogens or, uh -huh. or anything like that. Um, so there are, it's not us, but there are folks working on it. Uh, it's been some time, but the concept of figuratively, taking the nose off of a dog and putting it on a silicon chip um, so that you can literally be able to interpret the the pathogens the you know risks that might be in the air um, so obviously as soon as that's commercially available and, and viable we we certainly would have a great interest uh in that okay like and i i see here like what you're you have your main goal as public safety, but then also having your eyes open of how else can these robots continuously help making the space around them a better space, right? For, for people. Yep. I mean, it's so different than like, I don't know. If you are a real estate developer in the US, like would you be allowed to, or even be interested in building a building without a fire alarm or a smoke alarm? It would be kind of a dumb conversation. Like, you want to do what? And at some point, there's a tipping point for the robots. It's like, you didn't want to pay the seven bucks an hour to properly secure your facility. You're like actually negligent and reckless, right? At some point, it becomes just like, you're dumb for not doing this. And as I, 
often say a lot of CEOs, a lot of health administrators, school principals, mayors, uh, community leaders all say, you know, the most important thing in our organization, it's our people. Our people are the most important thing. Okay. Hey, buddy, why is it that you're not using the most advanced security technologies in the world to better secure, secure your people and, and, and the places that people visit and live, work and study, right? At some point, it becomes a very awkward conversation. If your people are that important, why aren't you investing in properly securing them? Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And that I think, you know, for the next uh, years to come is going to continue to be the conversation until we can get people to understand that you can't continue to do policing and security as we are doing it now. It is broken. It is not working. It is costly and it's costing society and our organizations trillions of dollars mm -hmm. by not fixing this problem. Yeah. And I mean, you can even take that out. I mean, when you say trillions of dollars, I, my interpretation is that you're speaking mostly of physical property, right? Like theft or damage. But does that also roll out into healthcare if you're victimized and mental how much, healthcare? How much do the handcuffs cost? How much mm -hmm. do the ambulance cost? How much does the judge's time cost? How much do the lawyers cost? How much, you know, you start adding up how many prisons do you really need to have? Like you add up all these costs that you could have been taking that money and dumping it somewhere else. Like, hey, how about paying our teachers appropriately? How about building, like having school supplies? Like, look, let's fast forward a different way. What if we just uh, fast forward and say, Nightscope and uh, the U.S. achieved its goal. We're the safest place on the planet. Now talk to me about a municipality's budget. Like, where is the municipality putting their money? Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. are we putting it in infrastructure, in education, in fine arts? Are we, or are we dumping it on, let's go build some more prisons and, and hire some more? I mean, it, it's just the wrong trade-off. And to your point, I mean, throughout this show, in my mind, I've been thinking people suck. This type of technology shouldn't even be necessary, right? I think that's this frustration that no, like, no, no. it brings so up. You, you've got it wrong. No, no, no. The but robots the suck. The robots are coming to kill everyone. The robots are going to take <laughs> everyone's job. You know, from where I sit, I worry about the humans. <laughs> the humans are the ones that create this environment yeah. of, you know, a violent crime every four seconds and um yeah i mean uh, it's, it's interesting. every 26 seconds exactly uh, i mean to your point it's been a while it's been over 20 years now since i've been on university campus but i worked as a caterer throughout university and that meant a lot of times i had to go start my job at 4 or 5 a.m not a lot of people walk around at 4 a.m uh i would walk with my keys between my fingers because I don't know what's going to happen between my dorm room and the rec center, right? Um, and so if there were a robot zipping around campus at all hours of the day, like that, that helps, that helps. And then to your point, I think going back to the root of the problem, people sucking, if we're then able to take whatever it is that we're saving and invest that into people, people probably suck a lot less. And but, uh, you know, <laughs> go back to the founding of our country. Do you think our founders would have expected our us to build a society where you, Kim, would have to do that? It's it's I mean, obnoxiously wrong. 
that it is, is not the wrong, society that we should accept. That's a whole other conversation of how we went about founding the country, maybe. <laughs> but would they have been proud of where we ended up? No. Okay, well, let's do something about it and we can stop arguing. This is, drives me crazy. Like, oh, we should do something. Yes, we should do something. <laughs> like, yes, we it built is. it. Like, let's go deploy it. Yeah, and I think that's absolutely fantastic. And, you know, we're coming to the final minutes of today's show, if you can believe it or not. What's crazy about this to me and what Nightscope is doing is this is real, right? You, you've used the word a couple times now in the show of commercialized. Like, it's out there. It's rolled out. They're functioning. They're working. This is no longer RoboCop from whatever year that was, 87, 88, 89, whatever. Like, it's, it's happening. Um, so what about, is there resistance? Are there speed bumps that you're having to get over? Are people's minds now shifting to like some dystopia, iRobot scenario? Like what are, what's next in, in this conversation? Uh, I think, you know, the rise of the robots is, is happening and it's happening now. Um, I think part of it, and I try to be as polite as possible, it's not like the law enforcement and security industries are the most technologically progressive in the world. So change is kind of hard. Uh, one, two, um, we've been in op, you know, operation for years and years and years. And people are like, cool prototype. When are you launching? Like they don't realize that what they saw on the movie screen is in real life. And that's why we have this uh, robot roadshow going across the country. If you go to nightscope.com slash roadshow, um, there's this crazy pod uh, with a bunch of robots in it that, you know, I call the uh, the robot aquarium that people can come touch, see, feel, have their questions answered and and start understanding that this is real and this is a real solution to a very real problem. And it's scalable. You are scaling. You are able to have this reach that you'd like for what did you say? Seven dollars an hour. Uh, yeah, as low as 75 cents an hour, up to nine bucks an hour. And, you know, we just released our, now that we're publicly traded on NASDAQ, uh, we're under ticker symbol KSCP. Um, we just released our first quarter financials and we're at a, you know, $11 million annualized run rate. Um, you know, we, we did about 2.9, almost $3 million just during the first quarter. Um, so we're generating millions of dollars of revenue. We've got clients all across the country. And, you know, from schools to hospitals to casinos to commercial real estate and, um, you know, soon to be uh, launching in New York City. Nice. Oh, I love it. Good for you. I, like I said, that's such poetic justice. It's, it's beautiful. Congratulations. Thank yeah. you. One last question. Yeah, this is related with what Kim asked. Is there more acceptance when you deploy these robots in big cities or on small towns, for example? What is, why is the people that, that, reaction? That's not, the, that's not the, the differentiator. The differentiator is etiquette. Just simply introducing yourself gets you much better acceptance. Uh, I'll give you an, a, a negative example. So we had one client some time ago who wanted to de deploy the machine in a 350 home subdivision. Didn't want to tell the homeowners anything. Let's just put the machine there. Um, and bad stuff happened, right? People assumed all the worst. Um, and what ended up happening when we go, hey, let's do uh, a lunch and learn. Come learn about the robots. Let's go 
um, do like we did in New York City. Let's go bring the Robot Roadshow into town for three days. Let people come touch, see, feel here before the machine arrives. This is the problem. This is what it does. Then all of a sudden, like people want to do robot selfies, kissing the robot, name the robot, uh, and that sort of thing. So a lot of it has to do not with the location itself. It has to do how we conduct ourselves and how we communicate. For sure. I mean, like you said, Rise of the Robots, it is here. And this this sense of awareness. And I also think transparency, right? I put... I don't know what regulation looks like right now, but I think right now that transparency is the onus of each enterprise of each company to make sure that they're clearly explaining what is happening, what is, isn't happening. And also this willingness to listen to the users or the individuals who are part of it is, you know, Hollywood had done us a service and disservice. And we kind of need to go out there and like, no, the lasers aren't here to shoot you um, you know, it, you know, it's not reading your mind. I mean, it's like people have all kinds of conceptions and you just have to kind of, you know, be patient and explain, Hey, you know, this is what it does. Oh, Oh, can I, can, can we get this at my school? Can we get this at my HOA or can we get, how do we, now that I understand how it works, uh, it becomes a completely different conversation. For sure. And I think it's just as long as my nose is clean, what should I be worrying about? Right. Um, is kind of how I my philosophy in life, like I trust in myself, my own integrity and that I'm doing things right. So I shouldn't have to be threatened right, by a security robot. And we're, we're operating in public in public areas. Right. We're not invading someone's home. We're not in the conference room. We're not in the restroom. We're not in the hotel room. Right. These are in public areas. And if there is an officer or security guard there. Are they, you know, invading your privacy? No, they're trying to secure the location that, yeah. you know, where you live, where you study, where you, you know, visit, uh, et cetera. Exactly, exactly. Well, Bill, it has been fantastic learning from you, having you share your experience, your tech and your company with us. Um, thank you so much for the time that you've spent with us today on, on Dojo Live. Of course. And uh, if, if anyone wants to learn a little bit more, just go to nightscope.com slash rise, as in rise of the robots. And we yes. shall see you on the other side. All right. Looking forward to it. Um, stick around for just a minute as we go off air. But before we do, we'd like to remind our viewers um, that this is actually the only show we've got scheduled for this week. But we will have our recap show on Monday morning at 10 o'clock, as well as two other shows coming up uh, next week. And that's going to be with Ju Juvena Therapeutics, as well as Olympian. So catch that um, next week, Tuesday and Wednesday. All right. Thank you, Bill, once again, everyone else. Have a great rest of your week and stay safe uh, with Thanks. night. Check out past episodes, transcripts, blogs, and more on our website, dojo.nearsoft.com.